Hello, everyone, and welcome to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, July 24th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris and Riley Wolfbauer. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending July 21st, 2023. In general economic news, the Federal Open Market Committee is set to meet this week. Economists expect another 25 basis point increase, which will bring the Fed's target funds rate to 5.25% to 5.50%. In auto finance, consumers are increasingly getting turned down for auto loans, according to the Federal Reserve. Lenders are rejecting auto loan applications at a rate of 14.1%, which is up from 9.1% a year ago. The auto application rejection rate marks the first time that auto that the auto rejection rate has outpaced auto application volume since the survey began in 2013. That trend was reflected in second quarter earnings last week, which continued with nine banks reporting. Riley, what happened with the bank's auto uh, bank's auto portfolios last summer? Yeah, so as you just said, with auto loan application uh, rejections rising, I think it would come as a surprise to no one that seven of the nine banks that reported last week saw outstanding shrink, while we had two saw outstandings rise. Um, the two that saw an increase in outstandings on a year-over-year basis were Ally and Bank of America. Ally was up 4.3% year-over-year. Bank of America was up 4.2%. Although both saw a rise in outstandings, both had uh, decreases in originations on a year-over-year -year basis. Um, one thing to note that's interesting, um, Capital One, their outstandings were down 5% year-over-year, but their originations were up 15% quarter-over-quarter. So the reason why that's interesting to note is because over the last four quarters, Capital One had been purposely pulling back, and it looks like they are upping their auto lending a little bit, which is abnormal because, as we've all known, we've had multiple banks pulling back this quarter and last quarter. Um, this quarter, we had U.S. Bank and Truist both pull back a little bit in auto lending. Um, they're trying to more prioritize higher margin lines of business. And then Fifth Third also pulled back last week. Um, they pulled, or sorry, last month. They pulled back in non-core states west of the Mississippi, um, except for Texas. Um, as far as credit performance goes, uh, delinquencies and net charge-offs began to normalize. Uh, only one bank saw a decrease in net charge-offs, and that's PNC. But all the other eight banks saw a rise in delinquencies and net charge-offs. Uh, U.S. Bank, to note, is the only one that saw a substantial increase in net charge-offs. They saw a 143 basis point sequential increase, 158 basis point year-over-year -year increase to 1.69%. Um, if you look at the ratios of their books, most of them are sitting around like the 1.5% to 2% range for NCOs. Um, and the, I believe the highest at the moment is Ally, or sorry, not Ally, Truist at 2.13%. Uh, and then looking further at their allowance for credit losses, as expected, delinquencies and NCOs rising, you'll see allowance for credit losses rising. Um, PNC, as I said before, they're the only one to see net charge-offs decrease. So in turn, their 
allowance for credit losses also decreased a little bit. But everybody else across the board increasing. Um, I think they're pretty much just getting putting themselves in a position for the possibility of credit performance to continue worsening in the coming quarters. Right. And Amanda, you had a great story today about what's driving um, the underlying drivers for bank pull, banks pulling back. Uh, what's going on there? Sure. So there's a couple of things. As Riley mentioned, we've seen banks intentionally pull back an auto specifically because auto is not a high margin business, not very relationship focused for banks. That's that's part of the reason. But banks themselves are also preparing for quite a few things in the markets that they really haven't had to deal with in a long time. So the biggest thing that's happening is that deposit activity has slowed down. And I'm talking about like slow down for the first time in decades. So that's setting up banks to really have this deposit, you know, slowdown that they really haven't seen in decades. So they're really trying to figure out how best to weather that. So, for example, at U.S. commercial banks deposits were at about 17 trillion in the second quarter, which is down 4.6 percent year over year, 2.3 percent sequentially, and that marks the first time. Um, we really are seeing like these really big declines. So if you go back to second quarter 2022 is when it really started. You started seeing them kind of dip down deposits level. And that go- tracking goes back 50 years. And we really haven't seen any big dips like this until now where it's just kind of consistently going down. There's really no one to say exactly how long that's going to last. But banks are preparing for that. So that's part of why they're offloading consumer debt specifically. And we're seeing this happen in auto because for banks, consumer and especially auto lending debt, you know, again, it's not really tied to high margin assets. So they're kind of having to prioritize where they're putting their capital, which means they need to offload some of their funds in order to free up more capital to do new loans. So they're having to be more kind of like more picky about where to kind of put their capital for lending and consumers not really a big area for them. So we are seeing this uptick in you know, them offloading this consumer debt on the secondary market. And the reason banks are going there is because, I mean, we all know we've talked about auto ABS being, you know, very strong performance historically. There's also, you know, right now it's really not high cost in order to go on the secondary market. So it's another avenue for banks to offload consumer debt quickly. So we are seeing multiple banks do this. Bank of America has a deal in the works. Um, a pre-sale just came out. So I looked at it this morning. Um, about $1.2 billion is what it is um, tracking for. Obviously, it hasn't closed yet, but that's what, what is kind of estimated on the pre-sale report. And those are all new and used prime auto loans. And that's their first auto a- ABS securities deal since 2012. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea that this is really something new. And it just goes toward banks want to offload those consumer debt because they also want to try to be smaller because there are higher capital requirements in in talks right now with the Federal Reserve stress tests. So obviously it benefits them to have less capital to deal with. If those ratios change, you know, they want to offload some of this capital on the secondary market. They can be smaller. They'll have less, you know, to kind of mitigate and move around to meet those requirements if they can get smaller now. Um, So it helps in quite a few different ways. And again, the capital market is just an easy way to offload consumer debt quickly, especially 
with auto because there's always investors who want to invest in auto ABS. So it's very easy for them to, you know, sell off, especially, you know, prime auto loans. Those are going to perform really well. There's not going to be any problem for them to offload those kind of quickly and get the capital they need to lend in the other areas that they are, you know, prioritizing. So a couple of things happening there, you know, I'm sure we're going to see more activity. You know, there were other banks that securitized U.S. Bank, Ally Financial, Citizens did. Citizens a little bit different because they are leaving auto altogether. So, of course, they're getting rid of all their auto book. Um, and that's another way they're doing that. But, yeah, as we see requirements come through, and I will say these are not coming next month. We're talking about it could be within a year. It could take, you know, six to 18 months just to close out their proposal, you know, comment period, I've been told. So we're really not talking about right away, but banks are preparing for, you know, increases to their capital requirements, increases to the liquidity they have to have on hand. They're building up their liquidity. We talked about, you know, they're building up their allowance rates, like they're preparing for credit performance to weekend, but they're also just preparing for this is a weird market for banks in general. And, you know, they haven't had to deal with some of the challenges that they are now in a really long time. So, Things are going to be probably wonky for banks, especially regional, smaller banks, um, for for a while. So we'll keep a close eye on it. Great, thanks, Amanda. Carvana Tesla AutoNation Finance also reported last week. Uh, here's the numbers: Carvana's loan sales in the second quarter outpaced origination volume and drove drove up finance gross profit per unit as the automotive retailer restructured its unsecured debt to his largest bondholders. Originations clocked in at one. 0.5 billion down 24% year over year, but up 7% on a sequential basis. Principal loan sales during the quarter came at 1.93 billion, according to their earnings supplement. Carvana also finalized a debt swap with its major creditors that will allow payment in kind interest for two years and push out maturities due in 2025 and 2027 to 2028. Payment in kind allows interest to be paid to investors in equity or additional securities instead of cash. The restructuring represents about 90% of the principal balance owed and should reduce the company's debt by $1.2 billion, according to Carvana. At Tesla Finance, leasing penetration ticked up on a year-over-year basis in the second quarter as leasing revenue fell and production outpaced deliveries. Tesla's operating lease assets landed at $5.9 billion, an increase of 8 0.4% sequentially and 24.1% year over year, according to Tesla's earnings report. Tesla delivered just over 466,000 vehicles in Q2, 4.7 of which were leased by Tesla Finance, down from 5.3 in Q1, but up from 3.6% year over year. AutoNation's AutoNation Finance's loan penetration increased in AutoNation storefronts during the second quarter, while finance and insurance revenue ticked up and new vehicle sales increased. AutoNation Finance, previously CIG Financial, originated 20% of its loans in AutoNation USA stores during June. Growth in penetration is facilitating the lender's shift to, quote, high-tier credit customers, Chief Financial Officer John Lower said. AutoNation acquired CIG Financial in the second quarter of 2022 for $85 million. Ford Credit, GM Financial, Harley-Davidson Financial Services, and the rest of the publicly traded automotive retailers are set to report this week. That about does it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us on The Roadmap, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net, and here next time.